0: to how to support and use your hormonal cycle to live a more vibrant life in the flow, even post-menopause. Welcome to today's Menno Mini. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Denise Wellick-Peterson with Menno Minis and the Use Your Cycle Method. Now, today we are talking about the three most effective workouts after 40. So, I hope you didn't come here going, okay, so that's squats, push-ups, deadlifts. Eh, No, I hope you didn't come here for that. I'm going to tell you the three most effective styles of workout that you need to start incorporating if you aren't already doing these things before you turn 40, okay? Because, eh, not because. I get that... A lot of people would rather control their weight through through food right and that's totally cool you can totally do your best and you know you can't outrun a bad diet so food is an awesome place to start working with your weight however there are a lot of people that really enjoy working out yeah you and there are a lot of added benefits to working out but it does kind of change from when you were 20, right? So here's the deal. Um, I was talking to one of my daughters here recently. My daughters are 26, right? So a very different metabolism than my 50-year-old physique, right? And when we were 20, in our 20s, and even in our early 30s, we could kind of like it's like throwing noodles at a wall and you were gonna lose some weight, right? You can abuse the system a little bit because the system hasn't been overly abused. It's like you get a a new machine, right? And you can, you can kind of overrun it or like not have as much fuel in it or whatever, right? And you can lose weight. But as we get older, as the machine work gets older, right? It's like, "Mm, no, this is a hard pass. You don't put fuel in me, I am not running. Or you overwork me and things are going to break, right? So we need to keep these things in mind, right? So I was at the gym the other day. Here's just a, an interesting story, I guess. I was at the gym the other day. Now I've got an arm restriction right now. So i am been getting really frustrated with the weights I can't lift, the weights the doctors have said, do not lift right now, right? Let this arm heal up and i was talking to a newer trainer there and she is like well denise you know remember these are my weights right i can relatively easily lift 40 to 50 pounds on a chest press dumbbells um 40 to 50 pound dumbbells right on a chest press like you know i can get like 10 reps right and she said like, well denise if you did 40 pounds for four sets at ten sets of eight or ten sets of sets, right? So that's like lifting forty pounds thirty-two times. Okay, that's moving one thousand two hundred and eighty pounds. What if you just used the ten pounds that your doctor said you could use and lifted them a hundred times? That's that's like lifting at a thousand pounds. And part of me wanted to jump on that logic. The other part of me said, I am not lifting 10 pounds a hundred times. I mean, that's 10 sets at 10 reps. That's, I'm just not gonna do that, right? My, my head went, no, 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 no. And I wanted to get that logic. I wanted to go, oh my gosh, uh, that's the answer. Now, maybe it's the answer, well, I have an injury, but, 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 it is not the answer, right? because hormones don't play like this. Hormones are not simple math. They just, they don't play like that. The numbers look great, but we need to remember so much else goes into the machinery here. And of course, I'm going to talk about hormones. I'm going to talk about the hormones that go into working out. And this is working out in general, okay? Whether it be cardio, whether it be lifting weights. When you start working out, whether it's cardio or a a weight workout your testosterone increases hopefully that's the ideal that's what you want to happen your your growth hormone increases but so does your cortisol now if i just started talking greek let me slow down and back that up a little bit so testosterone helps you burn fat think about your brother think about your dad think about your partner your male partner they just like start moving more and they freaking lose weight. It's because they have way more, more testosterone. They build muscle way easier than women do and muscle burns fat. So they lose weight faster. So you want to increase your testosterone. Growth hormone helps amplify the exp- the experience of testosterone, right? It it ramps everything up. And cortisol Cortisol is also going to go up at the same time as testosterone and growth hormone go up. But the job of cortisol is to store fat. To store fat, right? Cortisol, that's your stress hormone. You are running from a tiger. If you are running from the tiger, cortisol is designed to give you a boost of speed, to give you some endurance, to make you move but not help get you pregnant, not sleep, not have libido. Okay, so if cortisol is running the show, we're not gaining muscle, right? Things are being broken down so you can run from the tiger so you can live another day, okay? So, and the way we get testosterone and growth hormone to increase is we have to exercise intensely, okay? Intensely. That means no huff and puff cardio walk no speed walking, that means we're not going to lift a hundred times 10 pounds. We're not going to go for the long haul. We're going to go for the short haul, right? So when you lift intensely or when you do cardio intensely, your testosterone and growth hormone and cortisol all increase. However, for the first 30-ish minutes, Testosterone and growth hormone outpace the cortisol, right? They're, oh, it's like the Kentucky Derby. Okay, right? They are the front runners. They are way out there. And at 30 minutes, you got rich strike. Is that, was that the horse's name? Rich strike coming up from the back of the pack whoosh, and bypassing testosterone and growth hormone. And then cortisol wins. Then you you, you lifted too long. You ran too long right? Because too much cortisol and things start to break down. Okay. So there's your basic hormone basics. Okay. So what are the three types of workouts? I think I've alluded to two, but let's go with weights first. Y'all know I love iron. I love lifting heavy things, right? And here's why you need to add them even more now after 40 than maybe before. Maybe before in your 20s, you were just a, just, maybe you only enjoyed running. Maybe you lifted some lightweights, but you never really got into it. Maybe it just wasn't much of your thing. Maybe you enjoy body pump classes, whatever. Awesome. As we get older, from the time you turn 30 until you get older, you are, if you are not actively trying to gain muscle, you are actively losing muscle to the tune of three to 8% per decade. And you know, when I was younger, I was like, whatever, whatever. But literally, combined with this injury thing that I got going on, I can feel that there are things that I cannot do or do not trust my body to do anymore, right? And I've been a fairly active person for the last 20 years. So if I'm feeling it, Just as I turn 50, man, there are things I can't do. I've got two choices. One, let this injury heal. And then lift some heavy weights so I at the very least don't lose any muscle mass. Or two, don't lift weights and continue to go, "Hmm, I can't do this. Can you help me? Honey. My honey is not getting any younger too. And this happens to men too. Since they start out with more muscle, right? So you gotta lift heavy things. Lift heavy things. That means lift something heavier than your purse, okay? For most women, when I weigh their purse, they are lifting, carrying around far more with their purse than they ever go to the gym, because they're like, oh, I can't lift more than a 10 pound dumbbell. You can, you can, you can, you can. Will it take a little bit of time? <clears throat> yeah. But 10 times out of 10, when I would take women into my hormone boot camp. And I would run them through the basic lifts, you know, take them out one-on-one and say, okay, I want to see you do this. I would first let them grab the weight that they thought they could lift. And then I would gradually increase them. You know, this was like a 10-minute test, right? I would semi-gradually increase them to the weight that they really could lift, right? I had one woman who was so outstanding. She came in and I'm like, okay, do a bent-over row this way, right? This big back muscle you're using, not your little arms. It's your big back muscle. She grabbed a 10. Now I looked at this woman and she had just told me she worked in a nursery carting around 40 pound bags of this and that and other thing. So I didn't let her hold out there. By the time we were done, she was lifting a 40 pound dumbbell. You're stronger than you think. That's all I want to point out there. You are stronger than you think. Okay. So if you're not hundred percent sure, do I recommend having someone spot you? Do I recommend having someone who knows what they're doing in the gym, show you what to do? Yes. But if you're listening to this, I think you've probably already been in the gym. Okay. So you need to lift heavy weights. Um, let's see. Bone density also starts decreasing rapidly and lifting heavy weights helps increase bone density. Metabolism. Your metabolism is starting to tank even faster than before and part of that is because you're losing muscle faster than you have ever before and So muscle is the driver of metabolism. You need to keep the muscle you have and if you can keep gaining muscle and you can You will have a higher metabolism burn fat faster. You will burn fat You burn fat while you are lifting weights and you burn fat for up to 72 hours after you get done lifting weights How is this not a win-win? daily activities. I talked about that. There are things I can't do. And if you won't take some time to work on those muscles and continue to encourage those patterns, you will discontinue doing things. You might also know that I work with the 65 plus crowd a lot. And you know what I start hearing from 80 year olds or more likely their kids, right? A lot of times I'll have like an 85 year old mom and a 65 year old daughter in the same class. And the daughter will say, yeah, mom doesn't hang her clothes up anymore. She just throws them over the back of a couch or whatever. And I'll talk to the mom and it'll be like, well, I can't lift my arms out. That's too heavy. Right. Or we go from buying a gallon of milk to a half a gallon of milk to buying a pint at a time. Yeah, some of it's consumption, but some of it is I can't lift the eight and a half pounds of gallon milk. Okay. Keep, keep your muscles up. You are going to, if you don't start lifting weights, that you're going to increase the speed of muscle loss. And you'll maintain your shape. You're not going to get big and bulky. You're going to maintain that beautiful toned shape. That toned shape happens when you lift heavy weights. Yeah, those of us that have been in the business are going to tell you the truth about that. Toned comes from lifting heavy. Okay. I'm going to get into the specifics of how to lift weights in a little bit. But what's the second type of workout you need to start incorporating? Cardio. Real cardio. Testosterone, growth hormone, cortisol. Same situation. They all go up with exercise, but only intense exercise. If you're going to sort of kind of lift or sort of kind of walk walk fast... You're going to sort of kind of not get any testosterone increase if you're not going to go intensely so that the testosterone and growth hormone will increase, then all you're raising is cortisol and if all you raise is cortisol, you're breaking everything down from the get go right? So we have to go intensely. Cardio is not that Jane Fonda um, moderate intensity tape. It is not that going I'm going for a speed walk and I'm going to carry my three-pound dumbbells. And by God, please do not put ankle weights on. Do not put ankle weights on so bad for your knees and hips, okay? Just don't. Those are not how you increase intensity with cardio. I'm talking a full-on sprint. Now, for the sake of ease, we're talking about running, okay? But this could be this could be anything. It could be speed, lifting. It could be swimming I don't care the idea is balls to the wall balls to the wall real quick imagine a marathon runner imagine a sprinter those two people look very different right because a marathon runner is running 26.2 miles in The fastest ones are just around two hours, right? But a lot of people, four to six hours, right? So you're running for four to six hours. Does that sound like long haul? Does that sound like more than 30 minutes? Yes. So they're chewing up their muscle the whole time they're running. The key here is to sprint. What is that? 30 seconds, a minute, right? Sprint as fast as you can until you can't, right? So the most scary way to test this is on a treadmill, but... Here's the idea, right? Set the treadmill for the fastest pace you can go. Eh, Let's say it's 14 miles an hour. You can only sprint for 14 miles an hour for how many seconds? And then you have to shut her down. Now, the reason I say the scariest way to test this is because you know then you're not slowing down, right? If you go out to the soccer field to test this, and you go, oh, and you don't realize you're slowing down ever so, right? Like a a treadmill's going to throw you off. When you quit running 14 miles an hour, a treadmill's going to throw you off. Soccer field's not going to do the same thing, but it's less scary to test at a soccer field, right? Run as fast as your legs will take you until you can't run that fast anymore. When you have to start slowing down or I just need a break, I'm just going to jog. No, 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 no jogging, no jogging. You sprint, and then when you can't sprint that fast anymore, Keep moving because you don't want your muscles to seize up. You walk. You stroll. You go until you catch your breath. And then when you've caught your breath, you sprint again. Right? So treadmill, that's like sprinting 14 miles an hour and then jumping off. And then when your feet can go 14 miles an hour, jumping back on. That's the gist of it. I would not encourage that because that is scary as I'll get out. But that's the gist of what I want you to do. You can do that with swimming. Swim until you can't swim anymore. And then breathe, backflow, whatever. And then sprint again. Right? And stop at 30 minutes. Stop at 30 minutes. Because then cortisol overtakes. And if you're going to put all of the extra, extra hard work into it, why do you want the cortisol then to overtake? Okay? So... First workout that needs to happen, weights. Second most important workout that needs to happen, cardio. We got to have heart health, right? Cardio, and it burns calories, but I will guarantee you the sprint. The sprint and pause burns far more calories with far less work in 20 minutes than jogging or speed walking, okay? Final type of workout you need to incorporate in your week, in your day, whatever, in your week walking. Not that huff and puff. No huff and puff. No huff and puff. I actually mean a stroll. A stroll is defined as, because we all use treadmills, 2.8 to 3.2 miles per hour. Okay? It's it's not particularly fast. 3.2 is, I mean, you're not huffing and puffing, right? You want to think, I am on a walk with my toddler and the toddler is stopping all the time to look at the caterpillar and the dandelions and smell all the flower and look at the plane and right cool that's exactly what you want to do this is like the opposite speed of that high intensity cardio workout or the work weight workout this is slow it way down right maybe you don't have toddlers in your life maybe it's you and your partner going for a walk and sharing about your day So you're not moving so fast that you can't breathe. You're moving so that you can talk. You're maybe walking through the neighborhood and going, oh, look, that house is for sale. Or, oh, look, they painted that house a new color. And you stop and look. Or you go, hmm, what kind of bushes do they have planted in their front yard? Right? It's that kind of walk. It's not a huff and puff walk. Right? Because, again, huff and puff is just going to raise your cortisol. Okay? A stroll is not going to increase your testosterone or your your growth hormone, but it is going to lower your cortisol. That weight workout and those cardio, those are both gonna increase your cortisol. The stroll is going to decrease your cortisol. And that's what we need. In this day and age of having a fight with my boss, terrible traffic, fighting with my teenager, um, all of these things that create stress in us, deadlines, right? we need to do something to walk off the crazy. Cortisol equals crazy, right? And in order to do that, it's just getting steps, but it's not getting fast steps. It's just getting steps, moving. Because we're not running from the tiger. We're not burning off the cortisol by running from the tiger. So in order to burn it off, you just go for a walk, a stroll, a nice, slow move, okay? So the three main types of workouts that you want to incorporate after 40, lifting very heavy weights, doing very fast cardio. Both of those are no huff and puff, and both of those are done in 30 minutes or less. And then adding strolls into your week, 30 minutes to an hour. But whatever's not going to cause you stress, right? When I talk to my Use Your Cycle clients, the ideal stroll is 2.8 to 3.2 miles an hour every single day for an hour out in nature, barefoot in the sun. Right? Like if you want to like bang for your buck, those are all the things. And some of them, I can hear their stress level coming up just as they start to ask an hour outside in an hour. Like they're getting really freaked out, right? So for some of them, it's five minutes in the sun right? But walks in nature are far more cortisol reducing than on the treadmill. But you know what, if it's 20 below, like it gets here where I live, half the year, I'm not walking outside either. So something is better than nothing. Okay. So back to the hormones, 30 minutes to increase testosterone growth hormone and cortisol, but cortisol legs behind until the 30 minutes ish. Right? It could be 28, it could be 32 for you. Let's go with 30-ish, right? you got to go heavy. But here's the cue. Here, and here is the catch this superpower of your female cycle. Okay? Men have to lift and cardio like this all the time, all month long. Women don't. Because of the cycling of our estrogen, our progesterones, our testosterone's. We don't have to lift like this every week of our cycle. Now I'm gonna talk about scheduling another day, but here's the deal. Week one of your cycle, when you get your period, the week starts out, you're at a low, you are coming up into, you're starting to increase your testosterone, you're starting to lift mid-range heavy, still 30 minutes, maybe 10 to 12 reps. You're going into week two. Testosterone and estrogen are still on the rise. You are going for the max. You are lifting as heavy as you can possibly lift, and it feels easy. It is so fun. You're like, oh, I lifted that. And then after that peak, after ovulation, estrogen starts to come down. Testosterone starts to come down. As it comes down, you're back into those heavy-ish, 8 to 10, and maybe not quite as much weight as the week before, or that same weight will feel very heavy. And week four, PMS. Take the week off. Go get a massage. Take a yoga class, a recovery yoga class. Um, Do some foam rolling. Some stretching classes. You don't have to lift at all that week. How cool is that? But like I said, that's for another day. We'll talk more about that. So, three styles of workouts, what are they? One, most important, weight. Two, very important, heart health is good. Cardio, sprints. Fast doesn't have to be running, so don't get all hung up on that. Three strolls, and you can do any of them, do all of them. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I have to say. Denise willick Peterson, Menno Minis, use your cycle method. If you haven't checked out my books on Amazon, I do have some of those workouts in my perimenopause exercise planner book on Amazon. That gives you like specifics, that gives you examples, that gives you the how-to's, the why-to's, and the whole kit and caboodle. Or you could check out my Use Your Cycle book, which explains not only that stuff, but goes more into the whole what week to do what kind of exercises. So glad to see you. If you have any questions, i love to see them in the comments. I will answer everything that comes through. And we'll talk again when we continue the countdown on the perimenopause stuff for weight loss. See you soon. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Thanks for listening. It would mean a ton to me if you left a review or passed this podcast on to your best gal pals and hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you have any questions, be sure you join the Menopause Project on Facebook. Until next time.